Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective. And let me introduce our, our crew to you, and I'll try to keep up with everybody and get it done within 60 seconds. Uh, yes, I know, David. We have Corporal David D. Gresta. Yeah, he's looking over his shoulder. Where's the other panelist, David? Yeah. Uh, so David's the only uh, panelist that we have. Well, we do have uh, uh, actually we do have uh, David Clark, Sheriff David Clark, who worked for both the PD and a sheriff's office. But David, yes, he retired from a, a city police department. Then he retired from a, a county sheriff's office. So thanks, David, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, we've also got sponsors. We have yes, Motion DSP. We have GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. I'm drinking the peach mango today. Excellent drink. And hey, shout out to Brian Burns, Free Press for carrying the content. Huge shout out, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. If you guys haven't checked out Red Voice Media yet for stories, please do, especially with all the stuff going down with Trump. Red Voice Media, we're streaming through three of their Facebook pages right now with about a million followers. Thin Blue Liners, we support police and Thin Blue Line shows. So thanks, Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media. Uh, so guys, look, we have a huge uh, lineup for you guys. As usual, uh, yeah, uh, Captain Brett Bartlett could not make it at the last minute. And, hey, uh, Secret Service Don Mihalik, he could not make it. So thank God we have Corporal David D. Gresta. So it's going to be the Chip and David show of the day. But we will not let you guys down. So, uh, hey, we're going to start off. And we've got a main topic. Of course, what else will we talk about uh, but President Donald Trump? So this is in lawofficer.com and policetribune.com. I've got both articles I'm using as sources because we've got different information in in both articles. So it's titled the first one on law officer can't believe this is happening in America. Former president says as he submits to New York court. So former president Donald Trump, as we all know, he's heavily flanked by Secret Service agents as he surrendered to authorities at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office on Tuesday afternoon in a historic moment. Never been done before. Trump faces unprecedented criminal charges tied to the Stormy Daniels hush money payment allegations that legal scholars with any modicum of fairness believe to be a weaponization of the criminal justice system. So the article is pretty interesting. It talks about Trump. He's 76 years old, uh, so he's a little younger than uh, President Biden. He defiantly raises his fist as he emerges from Trump Tower residence in Midtown shortly before 1 o'clock p.m., and then he's escorted downtown via motorcade. And he's the first ever U.S. president to be criminally prosecuted, according to the New York Post. The 45th president of the United States posted comments on true social just moments before surrendering. And he said, look, heading over to lower Manhattan, the courthouse seems so surreal. Wow, they're going to arrest me. Can't believe this is happening in America. MAGA with an exclamation point. So Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, whose name you're going to be hearing a lot of in the near future, seemed to be fulfilling a campaign promise that he made. He's trying to prosecute Trump. Despite his efforts to consistently downgrade and dismiss felony charges against career criminals, which he's known and famous for doing, he's now uh, he's making dubious federal campaign allegation into a state into a state charge. So he's yeah for the uh, for the real bad guys, he's downgrading felonies. The misdemeanors are letting them off, and then he's doing the opposite to someone like uh, President Donald Trump. Now the other article uh, titled "Former President Donald Trump Arrested on 34 Felony Counts" it starts off saying that he pled not guilty to all 34 charges of first degree falsifying business records on Tuesday. So that's what they came up with, David. Uh, President Trump was arrested, fingerprinted the Manhattan Criminal Court prior to his court hearing on April the 3rd. And this was in BBC News. These are the twice impeached former president. He's now the first U.S. president to face criminal charges. And New York Judge Juan Merchant refused requests for President Trump uh, hearing to be uh, 
for his hearing to be broadcasted live. And, you know, I know there was also some uh, talk from the judge about, well, I guess the prosecution wanted there to be a gag order on being able to talk about all this stuff. And the judge refused to do that. Uh, but he did warn Trump about social media postings that might incite violence. So that's where we're at right now. Um, we were waiting until the last minute. You know, everybody's glued to the news sources, including me last night when all this or yesterday afternoon in the evening when this was going down, waiting to see if the predictions on what the sealed documents were going to say were actually what they predicted. I think for the most part they were. But what do you what do you what do you think, David? Uh, you know, this is one of those situations where I really don't know what to think. This is so reason I can't hear you. So um, what test test? You there? You got me? No? no go ahead. Um, I, I think I know, David, I think I know what the issue is. So give me just one second here and I will uh, I will fix that for you. And I apologize to our listeners. Uh, so let's see here. Um, I think I've got it coming up right now. Go ahead, David. Test, test. You got me? Yep, I got you. Okay, there we are. Um, you know, this is one of those unprecedented things. I, I don't know what to call it. It is so, so bizarre, surreal. I mean, the, 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 the descriptives just can go on forever and ever. Uh, the the prosecutor up there is obviously politically motivated. I mean, everyone, as you said, any any uh, legal expert with even the modicum of being fair is looking at this, shaking their head, going, "What are you doing?" Um, I, I I hope it gets summarily dismissed uh, immediately. Um, it, it but. Yeah, it, it's so bizarre that it is it is near impossible to predict what's going to happen next in this. Um, the end result is undoubtedly going to be the same as every other end result of every other bizarre, to use the term witch hunt, uh, going after Trump, which seems to be the methodology in, in, with Democrats is just to simply go after him, throw anything you have against the wall, hope something, so, hope something sticks to keep him or block him or make it impossible for him to run again. Uh, so that's the, that's the game. It's obvious. I, it, it's, it's horrific. Whatever your opinion in, is of him, uh, whether you would vote for him or DeSantis or whatever it, you, to, to watch what they're doing is just pathetic. And the ramifications of this coming coming back to haunt them is even more dangerous. You remember, you look back at some of the things that Democrats have done in the past that have come back to bite them in the butt, uh, changing rules in the Senate. Harry Reid was, was famous for it back in the day. He's gone now, of course. Um, but changing rules in the Senate that have now come back to bite them in, to bite them when when republicans got control the last time that all of that stuff is just it's just a bad bad idea now let me ask you dave there are people that are listening to the show and they're saying screw trump i don't care whatever we can mm -hmm. do to keep him out of office you know there right. are people that have that mentality now as mm -hmm. cops you know we see things in black and white i mean things are you normally they're very clear to us and so the people, I, I guess, I guess where I'm going with this is that I caution people that think that way. I, I don't think that way. I don't think that it's. Um, um, I don't think you have a level head if you think that way. Um, justice is supreme. You have to believe in a legal system, which I do. But if you just throw it to the wind and you just don't like someone because of the uh, the way they look, 
uh, the way they sound or things they do, or maybe they're just not polished when they're on Twitter and things. I mean, I know so many people um, who have just, they hate Trump just because of the way they don't necessarily hate what the way he performs. They love close borders. They love, you know, elevated housing prices because the housing market does well. They love, you know, money in their 401ks and pensions that's secured by Trump. They love, they love a lot of the results of, of, you know, uh, deregulating the government and stuff, but they just don't like the way he goes about talking to people, maybe criticizing Rosie O'Donnell or whatever. And they use that hatred to fuel, you know, their, their thing against Trump. But I, what do you have to say to people like that? that they, they just don't, you're, you're just like, what you say is just going right over their head and they, they just don't care, whatever the cost, go for it, whether it's legal or not. There's, there's really nothing that, that you can say. When you allow emotion to rule your logical thought then you have lost the ability for logical thought. If it, it, it no longer exists, if and if and if this type of thing is is encouraged and promoted, um, God help you know any other politician that, that runs for office that then gets defeated by their opponent, who then is looking at and if you sit there and say to yourself, "What's good for the goose, my brother?" Because yeah. you think that when Biden leaves office that he's somehow not going to face the same thing from a Republican DOJ or a Republican prosecutor in some state that he lived or did business in or whatever, that they're not going to do the exact same thing to him and to every other politician coming down the pipe. This is, is a horrid road to go down um, if you don't have impeachable offenses and every other federal agency that investigated these exact same charges declined to, to prosecute, declined to pursue it because they didn't have the evidence. They didn't have the crime. They didn't have anything. And now for a state prosecutor to drum this stuff up and according to all the legal experts, twist it up into this knot of garbage and then throw it and go, we're going to indict him. Because as they say, you can indict anybody for anything. This is the hallmark of Marxist communist uh, manifesto. I, and I don't remember the people that did it, but but the, the mantra is, you know, give me the person and I'll find you the crime. It's that's not the way it's supposed to work. It's the other way around. And that this is this, this type of thing is truly the beginning of the end of our um, of our republic. It, it truly is. Yeah, you know, as much as I don't like Obama and especially Joe Biden, I don't want to see these guys, you know, uh, go to jail. Um, now, Hillary, I put her in a different category. Um, Biden, if they were able to show more than what they've been able to show as far as, um, you know, stuff, connections, Hunter Biden, China, all that stuff, then that that might change. But but yeah, I, I don't want that Pandora's box open. Um, but that's just the way that's just the way we are. We're, we're black, white justice, you know, and we believe in the system. So um, scary stuff. <laughs> You have to, but I'm telling you, a lot of people now are looking are looking at the system. And you look back at a lot of the, the people that are conspiracy theorists, a lot of the stuff they were saying is coming true or was well, right. Thanks, Corporal. Well, look, time for a first commercial break. So, guys, stick with us. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software Easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, you can achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction, 
designed to work with video from any camera source and using motion DSPs, algorithms, and object tracking technology, Spotlight automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours compared to frame-by-frame redaction. And with forensic enhancement software, it allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can actually get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to MotionDSP.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656. Especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area, talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. And welcome back, guys, to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, broadcasting live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Florida. You know, uh, uh, Corporal David, I know we're talking about the Donald Trump thing. I see that we've got a uh, Joanne Messina uh, from Pexip. Uh, you know, a big, big fan of the show, and uh, we're a big fan of Pexip. So. Uh, Thanks for watching and tuning in while you're driving from Hilton Head. Yeah, I love Hilton Head. What a great place. So, uh, but uh, yeah, David, I, I hope America realizes that if they're going to do it to a guy like Donald Trump, and thank God he's got the financial resources to 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 handle the defense because he's already spent. He said yet uh, yesterday evening hundreds of millions of dollars. But you know, uh, he's 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 between us and them, and if they can do it to him, they can certainly do it to us. And and that's that's. That's what scares me, and I think it should scare most of the American public. You know, just you know, if it's if it wasn't for Trump putting up this fight, we'd be in a world of hurt. And I do think that as the venue changes, when the venue gets changed, I mean, there will come a point in time. He may, if it goes to court, you know, they may initially get a win. I don't think that it will it will be sustained throughout the legal process when we get to guys that are not politically influenced. But um, so they may have a short victory. Uh, but uh, we'll see how this thing plays out. Yeah, like I said, good luck to them. Or no, bad luck to them. I, I it, this is a horribly bad idea on all fronts. Period. Agreed. Agreed. We'll we'll keep following this. Now, moving along here, let's see. We've got um, some. You know, with just David and I, the 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 advantage of this is that we can cover a lot more material than what we're usually able to in a you know one hour show. So, um, so lawofficer.com. And so, uh, well, you know what? Let's. David, you had actually mentioned that maybe I should cover update two. Yes, so let me uh, let me do that. I'm going to skip and we're going to we're going to tie something in here. So I've got update two. So on policetribune.com, some of the players are the same in this article. Parking attendant charged after disarming shooting a suspect who shot him twice. Now, uh, Lieutenant Randy Sutton the other day uh, he hinted towards this, but we haven't really officially covered it yet. So in uh, in New York. 57-year-old night shift parking garage attendant charged with attempted murder for shooting a suspected thief who allegedly shot him two times inside a Manhattan parking garage early on Saturday morning. So this starts on the second floor of the West 31st Street garage at approximately 5.30 in the morning. So it's early. This is on April 1st. No, this is not April 1st. April Fool's uh, joke. This is in the New York Post. So uh, Musa, uh, I guess Dara, 57-year-old parking attendant, uh, later told police that he, he sees a guy peeking in the vehicles, and he becomes concerned that this guy's stealing. So investigators said that Dara tells him that he confronts the suspect, escorts him outside the garage, and then asks him what he had hidden inside of a bag that he was carrying. And this is all in the New York Post. So that's when the suspect later identified as 59-year-old Charles Rohde. He 
allegedly pulls out a gun on the parking attendant. So Darius said the gun goes off as he lunges for it. Now, he actually gets hit. Our good guy parking attendant gets hit in the stomach, and he gets grazed in the ear. And he still manages to disarm Rhodey, though. So Dara then fires the gun at his attacker, hits him in the chest, which tells you that the attacker was actually facing him. And the uh, New York Post is reporting this. that both of the men are rushed to the Bellevue Hospital, uh, where they're subsequently listed in stable condition, so nobody dies. So both the uh, parking garage attendant and his attacker are subsequently charged with attempted murder, criminal possession of a weapon, and assault. Uh, now, Rhodey was also charged with burglary, according to WNYW. He has at least uh, 20 prior arrests, and Dara, uh, the parking tenant, has no criminal history. So the charge against Dara, they sparked outrage, of course. Many people argued that he acted in self-defense. So Manhattan, Manhattan District Attorney, this is the name you're going to recognize, Alvin Bragg's office. They announced on Sunday night that further investigation is warranted. Wow. So uh, Corporal David, I can't wait to hear you on this <laughs> one. It, I mean, I think that kind of says it all. The idiocy in, of New York and, and, their, and the, the prosecutor's office there. You have people that, I mean, I, you can't even, I, it's, it's so hard to even wrap your head around the stupidity here. A parking garage attendant gets attacked for doing his job, turns the tables on the bad guys. He, I mean, it's, it's so fascinating. So take the part out that this parking attendant shot the guy. Just take it step by step. He confronts him. What are you doing? Escorts him out of the parking garage. Hey, did you steal something? What's in your bag? What have you got? The guy pulls out a gun, shoots the parking attendant. The parking attendant disarms him. Let's just stop right there. For taking the gun away from the guy that's shooting you, New York would charge you with illegally possessing a firearm. What? What? Now you take it a step further and he fired at the gun at the guy because I'm sure the guy was attacking him, trying to get the gun back from him. So he shoots the guy to stop the, to stop the incident. And they charge him with attempted murder and illegally possessing a firearm. That's insane. That's beyond insane. Of course, there was an enormous backlash against this. They say, oh, we need to look into it a little bit more. And then I think they declined. They, the next thing that came out is they declined to charge him. That's like saying you did something wrong, but we're, we're not going to jam you up for it. But you, you still did something wrong. That's what they're saying. Absolute insanity. And you tie this into the whole Donald Trump thing coming out of the exact same office. And you start scratching your head going, my God, you people have truly lost your minds. Um, that was just beyond bizarre how they would consider charging someone like that. Um, and if, and if it's, and if they're saying, oh, we, we didn't have all the details, then shut your mouth until you do you morons. I mean, it's just, that is just beyond stupidity, just beyond it. It's just beyond it. But I do want to get to DeSantis. So let's move on. All right. Oh, well, David, you know, that it, it could actually be worse. I could have woken up this morning and realized that my name was Alvin Bragg. So at least, at least my morning didn't start off like that. You know, I may not have been able to make it through the rest of the day. All right, I hear you. Well, look, uh, moving along, and yes, uh, we we do want to get to Ron DeSantis. You know, Florida Governor David and I are both in Florida and huge fans. So LawOfficer.com, Governor Ron DeSantis makes Florida the 26th constitutional carry state 
Uh, I know that we had, uh, you know, during the live show, you know, it, it was mentioned, uh, but Tallahassee, Florida, so Florida governor, he signed this bill in the law on Monday. It eliminates the requirement for an individual to obtain a permit to carry a concealed firearm. Uh, we're going to give you the skinny on this. Sorry, guys. Uh, we're going to give you the skinny on this and when it goes into effect in a second here. But uh, apparently uh, the constitutional carry state in the nation of, of Georgia, uh, you know, Florida was the 26. So we actually took over, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, 50 percentile when we did that. So, look, commercial break. We'll cover this in just a second. Okay, guys, let's talk about Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. Now, Gauls is the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. You know, they have everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. Um, I know that I'm a big fan of Gauls. In fact, really, every David, David's a huge fan of Gauls. Of course, he worked for a PD and a sheriff's office. So, you know, he's got Gauls products for police. He's got Gauls uh, products for sheriff's deputies. I mean, you know, David's just, you know, he's just all over Gauls. But look, they've, uh, they pretty much have everything but guns and ammunition. So, you know, growing up in law enforcement, you know, Gauls has been around for a long time. Uh, huge presence at Police Week as well. Um, so even if you're not a first responder, if you have a family, friend, or loved one that is, what a great place to get gifts for first responders, and they have gift cards as well. Uh, just make sure when you go to Gauls to do it, Gauls.com slash Leo, and that Leo lets them know where you're coming from, and that's from Leo Roundtable. Gauls.com slash Leo. Check them out today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. I have panelist Corporal David D. Gresta with me, and we are talking about Governor Ron DeSantis making Florida a constitutional, a constitutional carry state on Monday. So Florida tips the scales. U.S. now has a majority of states with constitutional carry laws on the books, something Second Amendment advocates and the NRA fought very hard to achieve, and this was on Fox News. So the proposed legislation, it reached the governor's desk after the Florida Senate voted 27 to 13. So think about that. 27 to 13 last week on the constitutional carry bill, which DeSantis signed on Monday morning. So we've been, we've been, if you guys have been listening to the show, you guys are already educated. You know this thing was coming down. So the law allows eligible citizens that are 21 years of age or older to carry without asking the government for a permit and without having to pay a fine. Um, so I actually have a Florida CCF permit. Um, I think David does too, but you don't have to do that anymore. Uh, however, look, if you're a prohibited person, convicted felon, you got mental issues or whatever, it does not let anyone that would, that would normally be prohibited from carrying, doesn't let anyone carry a gun that normally wouldn't be able to carry a gun anyhow. It just doesn't, you don't have to go through the process of buying a permit, but the law does not go into effect. Guys, pay attention, please. Boss Hog Radio listeners especially, listen up. The law does not go into effect until July the 1st, 2023. So somebody asked me the other day. They were thinking they could already start packing. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do that, right, Corporal? Not without a permit right now. You know, the interesting thing is, um, and it's, it's all good. It, marketing is a beautiful thing. But this is not truly constitutional carry. And I'm throwing up some air quotes there. If, if true constitutional carry, U.S. constitutional carry would basically mean that anybody could carry any gun any way they wanted to, anywhere they wanted to carry it. That's truly constitutional carry. So I, I, I get it. But in the end here, what DeSantis has done and what these other states have done is very important. It's a very it's a very good step in um uh, in, in, into, into the whole aspect of, of freedom to carry a firearm for self-defense. So it's a, it's a, it is a very good thing. Uh, you can now, or starting July 1st, 
very important, starting July 1st, you can <laughs> carry a concealed weapon in the state of Florida without a permit. Um, I didn't go through the law. I didn't go through it line by line. So there's still a lot of questions out there that people are going to have about, okay, I can do it here. Is there right. going to be reciprocity in the other states that have this, the same type of law in the books? How is that going to work, traveling, all that sort of thing? So be very, very careful. Wait till all this stuff comes out and, and the dust settles. Do your research. Understand where you're allowed to carry, where you're not allowed to carry, all that sort of stuff. There's still, I'm sure, maybe some restricted locations involved here where you can't carry a gun. Um, for instance, national parks. That's a federal situation. You got to be careful of, of that sort of stuff. So all that being said, like you said, Chip, it, it's still none of these laws allow anyone to carry or, or obtain or possess a firearm that that couldn't before. Someone who is restricted by law for whatever reason, could, like you said, convicted felons, all that sort of stuff. So all the hand ringers and oh, my God, there's going to be death in the streets. Yeah, no, not so much. I would challenge those people to walk the streets and identify all everyone that is carrying a concealed weapon. Wow, you would never know because it's concealed. So the fascinating thing is, is, is how how many people do you know of when as you walk that or you have no idea who's carrying a concealed firearm? That's the whole idea. You would never know that 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 I am or anybody else is something that we advertise. We do it quietly and, and, and inconspicuously. That's concealed. Hello. So, no, I'm not buying any of all that crap either. Um, overall, it's a good thing. Just be careful. Do your research. Understand the law. It's very, very important to, to know that sort of thing. It, it applies to the state of Florida. Be careful when you travel. All those things come into play. Everybody be careful carrying concealed. It's still... Uh, there's still a lot of responsibility that goes along with it. Uh, on this, on that same note, now uh, there was another update. If uh, I'd like to tie it into the same thing, I, I'm not sure it was. Um, uh, in Minnesota, they said or they uh, court struck down the idea that a per person between 18 and 20 could not oh, yeah. apply for a permit. Um, in the state of Florida, Chip, you said it. Uh, Anyone under the age of 21, they're talking about. So now these are some issues that may get some legal challenge. Are they going to say, well, if it's a constitutional carry, you don't permit, then can you apply an age restriction? Um, so there's some other things floating around in there that we that we haven't talked about that still really haven't worked themselves out as far as the legality and rules and regulations and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm, you know, there's a lot of research out there that say 18 year olds, 19 year olds, 20 year olds, their brain is, hasn't even fully formed yet, but yet they're eligible to go into the military. But that's apples and oranges. Military and private sector, way different situations. So, you know, there's a lot still to be worked out with this sort of thing. A lot of kind of dust needs to settle and decide how the states are are going to want to regulate this, and I'm throwing up more air quotes, regulate this new thing, and what and how they're going to be able to regulate it as far as age, what constitutes a restricted person, who has the right, who doesn't have the right. There was something just recently, another story I saw, 
I don't remember what state it was. They deemed that it was unconstitutional for that state to restrict someone who had a uh, domestic violence injunction filed against them. And we know that that's a thing in Florida. If, if you have an injunction, um, you're not allowed to possess firearms. And I don't remember what state it was. I, I'm sorry. It, it escapes me at the minute. But a, a court there said, yeah, with just an injunction where you haven't had a hearing, that violates due process. You just can't strip someone of their Second Amendment right because someone has filed an injunction. So there's a lot of moving parts in this having to do with regulation of uh, possession of firearms and carrying them concealed and buying them and all that other type of stuff. And as this evolves, things expect, expect things to change, to, to, to kind of, you know, a little bit, a little bit of tweaking here and there to, to laws and regulations in this regard. So don't go running out, be careful, do your research on all those fronts. Thanks, Corporal. You know, we covered a story, I think it was yesterday, we had a guy in a gas station, he had a gun on his hip. So not concealed carry, um, he was doing in the open, but some dude in line behind him grabbed it, ripped it off. I suspect he probably got the holster off too. And then this guy that now on that got disarmed, he runs out in the parking lot, confronts the dude, they're fighting over the gun, and a third person rolls up, well, I think it was with the first guy, and ends up, you know, shooting you know, the guy that had the gun, the guy that was unarmed fighting over the gun, trying to get his gun back. He gets, he ends up getting shot. But, you know, just to let you know that, you know, look, the smartest thing, look, bad guys are always going to carry the guns. They don't care whether it's all of a sudden, you know, they're prohibited anyhow because they're technically, you know, they're usually going to be convicted felons. So they're going to have guns. I, you know, so the whole idea is to put guns in the hands of more good guys. That's how you're going to get more accomplished. But then again, if you ever have to use your gun, I know Dave and I, we're holding our badges up. And even if we're retired, you know, we have retirement, you know, badges and stuff. But, you know, we're going to be holding that up, you know, in the middle of the shooting and stuff. And, and you know, because I don't want a cop, a good guy showing up and taking me out. And now all these guys with concealed carries and stuff that are going to see somebody with a gun and unloading on you. They don't know what they're doing. You know, that's a scary thought. Um, and, David, you hinted at another article, lawofficer.com. Federal judge strikes down a Minnesota law banning young adults from obtaining the gun permits. And that was Judge Kathleen Menendez. Uh, that did that in a 50-page ruling that was New York State Rifle and Pistol Association against Bruin. So that was the case that you had referenced. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going down. And I think as these states, more and more states, and now we're at 26, as more and more of these states um, pass or do away with previous regulations and laws, you're going to see more of these types of lawsuits being filed about other regulations and, and the evolution of carrying a firearm in the United States or in individual states with So, right. You, it just, like I said, everybody just take a breath, go out, do your research, understand your state laws, um, take a class from Brett Bartlett or gunlearn.com, one of those types of organizations that can tell you the, the, how these laws affect you in your states, reciprocating laws in other states. That, that border your state, if you travel, how, how to do it safely and legally, all that sort of stuff is, is be going to become even more and more important. Uh, with Leosa, you know, retired law enforcement, where you have that, you, you have a little bit more freedom, but ugh, you still have to be very, very cognizant about these types of things. It's so important. Thanks. Well, look, moving along, we've got about, um, you know, 
30 seconds before our next commercial break. But well, well, on Rumble, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up then, Chip, at, at the <laughs> okay. end, just to tie this all together. Understand, if, and you said it, if, if I'm in a situation where I've got to pull my firearm and use it, brother, it's going to have to be something absolutely horrendous for me to, 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 to go down that road, only for all the reasons that you talked about having to do with other law enforcement showing up and me standing there going, please don't shoot me. I know. Commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, no matter how much you know about gunshot ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program where they take you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point time to ensure accuracy. And their training, it's approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can attend a live seminar. You can also get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn. Com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. Uh, David, um, there's a couple of stories that have a video component that I'm hoping that we have time to cover. So I guess uh, I guess we'll find out. But uh, look for our radio and podcast sisters. We're describing great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Did you want to add something, David, before I cover those? Nope, go no, on, good? Okay. So uh, on Rumble, and this is Butter, the best law enforcement you know video channel link that's out there. This is Butter at Rumble.com. Suspected bank robber. Faces charges for trying to shoot and disarm a Julia police officer. Hey, let me know if the light comes on or anything. Go, go inside, man. Okay, all right. Lights on, guys. It's our target. Target's coming down. Hey, it's the police department. We, uh, we need to talk to you. How you doing? Good. Good. I'm Chris Darcy. Good. What's your name? Nice Come on out here for me. You're under arrest. Put your hands back. Gun! 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 Or, or Juliet Police officers, plural. So on February 13th, Juliet Police, they go to a residence, and after they learn that Victor uh, Barricat, he's 47 years old, was there, and that he's a suspect in a bank robbery in another jurisdiction, it gets pretty interesting. So our bad guy is accused of robbing a fifth, third bank on February the 8th, 
surveillance uh, photos show, I guess from the incident, they show uh, Bearcat holding a silver handgun. Investigators said that he left the he left the smartphone on the teller counter during the robbery, and police recovered. So yeah, so criminals aren't always the brightest people, right? So an audit shows that he stole two hundred twenty four dollars from the bank teller, and surveillance video shows that he dropped. $64 of that money on the floor before he leaves the bank. Wow, this guy's a real winner. So officers going to arrest him on February 13th. They encounter a man at the front door of the residence. He identifies himself as Bearcat. Uh, so while talking to the police, he allegedly had a handgun and pointed at the officers and, and he pulls the trigger. This is where the guy answers the door and he's got it like his left hand, you know, inside the doorway. This guy's right in out and the cop reaches out to shake his hand. And when he grabs the cop's hand, the cop doesn't let go. And he pulls him out of the out from inside the doorway. And of course, the guy doesn't want to come because he knows that he's got a gun in his left hand. So when the cop pulls him out, sure enough, left hand follows and the guy's got the gun in it, right? So the handgun does not fire, um, although he points it at the officers and he pulls the trigger. Wow. Uh, officers take him to the ground, the rest of the gun away from him. The handgun, the magazine had five, uh, had a live ammunition in it. And it had one in the, I guess they said that the firing chamber was empty. So guy didn't know how to work a semi-automatic. As police take him to a squad car, he tries to grab and take an officer's holstered gun. Officers were able to separate him from the weapon, though. Uh, wow. On February 27th, investigators, they secured the arrest warrant for several uh, several charges, including two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of unlawful possession of a weapon by felon, disarming a police officer, and two counts of aggravated assault. So that was on February 27th. Just a, an all-around bad dude. Corporal David. Yeah. I, I don't know about bad dude. Uh, thank God, a lot of criminals are should, idiots. Idiots. He should, idiot. should be a. He should be a dead dude. You know. He well, you know. Dude. Listen. Let, let's start at the beginning. As as a police officer supervisor, you're going to a location to arrest someone for armed bank robbery. I I, I got a problem with. I, I have a problem with the tactics of that from the get go. Why aren't you going in there with a, you know, a, a, a tactical team of some sort to do that? That's just the begin. That's just a, a bad choice to start with. Now, I love the, the I love the technique. I, I love those type of things where cops go in and they use those 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 distraction techniques where the bad guy is kind of taken off guard, taken out of his OODA loop as we say, and doesn't under kind of gets confused and the cop is able to take advantage of the situation, get close enough to take the guy into, into custody. And, and as I said, the supervisor knocks on the door, the guy finally shows up and he, oh, hey, Mr. Bearcrat, I'd like to talk to you. He puts his hand out to shake his hand and the guy just reflexively reaches out to shake the cop's hand. It's beautiful, except the fact that it's, a, it's an armed bank robber. And you have to know that he knows that you know, that he knows that you know that why you're there. I mean, this doesn't take a rocket science to figure this out. And to get into that type of a scenario with an armed bank robber at his door is problematic at the least. So sure enough, he's got the gun in his other hand as he jerks him out from behind the door. And I get the technique used it many times where you distract or throw the, the bad guy off and he kind of goes, just for a minute is confused. Like, wait a minute, this doesn't, isn't the way that I'm expecting this cop to act. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh crap. But the gun is still in his other hand. He tries to fire it. According to the reports. Um, I don't know how they knew he did that unless they could hear the, 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 the trigger clicking as he was pulling it, which then at that point, just thank God he was inept 
or unprepared for what happened or somebody, cops would have been shot. The sergeant, the supervisor stays calm through the whole thing. They jump him, pile on him, take him into custody, get the gun away from all that kind of stuff. Okay, that's fine. But mm, I have a bad problem with that with that whole tactical scenario going to arrest an, an unarmed or an armed bank robber. Well, and then had, they put it. You had two officers, though. I mean, so what about the cover officer? Could have had a gun I, out. I, I don't care. I don't care. You're going up to a, to a building to an apartment where you have absolutely no control over the scene. You have he's on more than one occasion. He had to tell other people, go back inside your apartment. You have an armed bank robber that you're going to arrest. And you're just doing this like he's a shoplifter. Dude, come on. This had this is going to go south written all over it. You know, I can tell you without with without a doubt, if I'm going to arrest an armed bank robber, I'm evacuating, you know, uh, adjacent apartments. People are coming out. They're getting away. I'm going to have a, 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 a it's going to be a tactical situation that we're going to that we're going to set up and and put into place. Depending on the scenario, depending on the location, all that stuff changes. It, it's all different. But that's what's going to happen. You're going to lock that place down. That guy's going to come out. Nobody's going to be in his face because he's an armed bank robber. I don't care how inept he appears to be. I don't care. He's armed well, bank robber. Let me get to this last one. We got three minutes left, and I got to get to this other one. Rumble.com. This is better. Thank you, David. Good, good commentary on that, on that, on that first one. The second one, video component. Again, we're describing great detail for radio podcast listeners. Body cam shows armed man shot, killed uh, by police during an unrelated DUI investigation. So uh, it's just what, what is it? Oxnard uh, Police Oxnard, Department. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oxnard said that three officers were conducting a DUI investigation at six in the morning. Suspect not involved in the traffic stop. He runs towards them armed with a five foot steel bar. Oh, my gosh. The video on this. We'll have it uploaded in tomorrow's segment, you know, at nine o'clock yeah. in the morning on YouTube and Rumble. But police said the 60 year old guy abruptly runs towards the officer. He's attacking them with his bar. And despite the verbal commands, uh, he continues towards them. With a still bar in a threatening manner, two of the officers pull out their tasers, of course, right? Non-lethal or less than lethal. One draws his weapon. Eventually, look, they when he gets close enough, they have to shoot the guy, and he's pronounced deceased. Wow. Yes. Listen, these suicide by cop is becoming a sport. A thing? Uh, yeah, a thing. <clears throat> a sport, whatever you want to call it, because that's, in my opinion, that's what this was. The guy comes running down the street with a big metal bar screaming, I hate cops, I hate you guys, I'm going to go, I hate you, I hate you, I hate cops, you pigs, all that kind of stuff. And he comes running up. <laughs> they they quickly get the, the DUI suspect out of the way, just get away. But I like the fact that they gave they did not give up ground. This guy comes charging in. They warn him two or three times. He continues. Somehow, the two cops on the outside, three of them, two cops on the outside pull their tasers, the cop in the center pulls his firearm, and the guy with the bar goes after the cop with the gun in his hand. Imagine that. And he smokes him. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give up ground, doesn't run, stands his ground and says, you're not crossing this line. The guy does it, turns toward him, takes two steps, and he puts him down. Nicely done, but another example of suicide by cop. The question that I have is, now what do you do with your DUI investigation? Because <laughs> that, that guy's getting, you know that guy's getting a free walk um, at oh, yeah. the sacrifice 
at the sacrifices of this other guy. But you see that sort of stuff. And of course, I think of that. I'm going, well, wait, what about the DUI suspect that you were investigating? He's going to get a free walk. His lucky day. Uh, unlucky for the other idiot with the bar in his hand, though. So, wow. So, so David, uh, we're looking at the commentary on our, you know, we're streaming the eight locations. We've got a lot of people talking. Sergeant George, he he po- he posted that on the videos. Yeah. He thought you were going to grind out molars. And then he said, in reference to that Juliet police thing, he said, but in all seriousness, does that Juliet police sergeant know the difference between a burglar and a bank robber? <laughs> yeah, wow. listen, I, like I said, I like the technique. And and he stayed calm. Uh, but, yeah, ooh, no. All right. Well, uh, excellent, excellent commentary. And, uh, man, I tell you, if, if there's there's no shortage of videos and stories to cover that make the show extremely interesting. So uh, so thanks, Dave, for uh, for making making it a, a great show day um, on, at this. This is where I usually talk about uh, Lieutenant Randy's The Wounded Blue, the wounded blue dot org. Uh, Lieutenant Randy couldn't be on the show today. But look, if you guys are looking for a great organization to donate to their 501c3 they help cops out that are suffering from ptsd and other like medical issues that the agencies are not helping them out on uh randy spearheads a lot of causes and the wounded blues there to help a lot of cops and hey if you're a cop that's gone through a treatment for ptsd and you want to help other cops out man they could use you the volunteer at the wounded blue the wounded blue.org they've also got a cool store cool gear you get to wear those shirts and mugs that randy drinks out of and the shirts that he wears and stuff so it's a uh, it's a really great organization and I don't believe that they're going to embarrass you like other ones do. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GolfsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel and for the uh, peach mango. And also, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, for letting us stream to three of your Facebook uh, Facebook pages with about a million listeners. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.